The Lord be with you. And with your A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, o Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the, the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here, I, here am I, dying of hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because this son of mine was dead. He has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field and on his way back he, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned 
and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back, safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf? He said to him, My son, you are here with me always, and everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. So it's often been said that um, everything we need to know about the gospel is in the prodigal son. And we have such a, a powerful, rich um, reading here. And uh, there's just three things I want to focus on, uh, for this homily at least, and, and that is that moment when the father sees the son. So that's what I want to focus on, the moment the father sees the son and the thing that happens in that moment. He runs to his son, he embraces his son, and he kisses him. So those are the three things. He runs to him, he embraces him, and he kisses him. And for each one of those points, I have just three brief stories I'm going to share. So one about running, one about hugging, and one about kissing. So the first one is about running. And this one's about a special ed teacher who took a, and she had a new job, and she was um, dealing with severely uh, developmentally disabled children who had been through not only developmentally disabilities, but also emotional and uh, often physical um, abuse at home. She worked at, a, at an inner city. And uh, the job was draining, you know, and it was something that she was um, just working hard at. You know, anyone that, that works in special ed, it's a difficult job. Uh, it's a very rewarding job, but it's a difficult job. And she had one student in particular that was really hard to, um, to reach, and his name was Kyle. And uh, he came from uh, a broken household. His mother was, um, she was drug addicted and uh, the boy had permanent scars along him and one of the scars was around his arm from an extension cord and she knew that he came from a very violent upbringing, a very broken home and uh, the teacher planned a, fil a field trip for the students but because of the behavior issues Kyle had to stay back and so this teacher stayed back with him and he had a tendency often of when he got upset um, he wouldn't fight, he wouldn't argue, he would just take off running. He would run. And so she had this experience with him where he got upset about something she was asking him to do and he just, he ran. And so she didn't know what to do. So she just got up and started running after him. Well, the boy ran right out into the street and he was running through the traffic and so she began running through the traffic after him and after she finally caught him, um, the police had been called and his parents had been called and um, they were stopped there and she just looked at him 
and he looked back at her and she, you know, there was that moment of like adrenaline just from, from running through traffic and chasing after this boy. Well, the cops got there and they ended up taking the boy for, for an evaluation. And so a week later, the boy's back in school with her and something had changed. You know, so she was, she was talking to the speech therapist and they realized that something has changed and they were trying to figure out what, what it was. And uh, after talking to the specialist and the counselor and the speech therapist, they came to the conclusion that nobody had ever run after the boy before. They just kind of let him run, throw his fit, and when he came back, he came back. This was the first time anyone had ever run physically after him until the boy was exhausted and, and, and caught up to him. And um, they realized that um, for the first time ever, this boy had somebody that was willing to run after him. And it changed him. And so from that moment on, the boy became kind of attached to this teacher. You know, he wanted to just be around her and he wanted to listen to anything that she did. And it kind of, it allowed him to have this, this feeling of security. Why? Because no one had ever run after him before. And he finally had this teacher that cared enough about him that she ran. She ran after him and caught him. You know, and that's the, the, the image that we have in the gospel today is God who runs to us. You know, this, this father, this prodigal father had been estranged from his son. So he, he, he did let his son go. His son took everything and went off and he squandered all of his possessions. But we hear a key phrase in the gospel. While he was still off in a distance, his father caught sight of his son. He saw him at a great distance. You know, and that leads us to believe that this father, probably every morning, he would get up and look for his son. Probably every day he would look off on the horizon with that hope and that yearning that maybe today my son will come back. And when he saw his son off in the distance, he ran. He ran to him. And that probably changed everything for that son. He ran to his son, embraced him. So the second story is embracing. There's something about a, a big, warm, affectionate embrace. I was talking with a couple friends about this yesterday. You know, kind of like guys today have a guy hug, a man hug. You know, so you, you go up to another guy and you kind of go like this and you stay a little bit distance and you hit the guy in the back like three times. Okay, that's like a guy hug. And that's, you can't do anything other than that or it's weird, all right? So, but, to actually be embraced uh, by somebody can, can, can change you too. And I, I remember the first time I came here to St. Joseph, it was the first time I met Father Martello. And I, I kind of knew him before, you know, but I didn't really know him as like a close priest friend or anything like that. And so I, I walked into the office doors over here and uh, Father Martello came walking out and I saw his picture, you know, on the, on the wall there. So it was a little intimidating, okay? so. I say, hi, you know, hi, I'm Mike Dink, whatever, and I, I put out my hand for a handshake, all right? Well, Father Martello just goes like this and gives me a big bear hug. And I got to say, it was like there was something special about that because I thought, I'm home. You know, this is like home now. You know, this, uh, this who, you know, can be a little bit gruff at times, Father Martello, but uh, he, he's a bear hugger too, so don't ever be afraid to give him a hug. There's something, though, about that, about having, uh, you know, that embrace. 
I know Bishop Roger, anytime that he does confirmations, I love when he does confirmation because um, after each student he confirms them and he'll kind of say something to them real quick. But it doesn't matter how, like these are high school kids, okay? So some of them are walking up, they're, they're cool, they got an attitude, you know. They're not even sure they want to be here or be confirmed. He, he anoints them, lays hands on them, and then after that he grabs them like this and hugs them. You know, just wraps them in his arms and gives them a huge bear hug. And then as the kid walks away, it's amazing because you see them and they're beaming. They're smiling. They're so filled with joy from the embrace. There's something about that embrace. You know, and I can just see the father as he has his son back who he thought was dead and he finally has him back to him and he just wraps his arm around him and embraces him and welcomes him home. The third story, kissing. So the father runs to his son, embraces him, and kisses him. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the video that's gone viral um, from Syria, but there's a, 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 a video that was first in the Washington Post. They posted the story about the video, but it's a six-minute video, and it's, it's a video of a father and a son being reunited. And the, the whole story was during the, that, um, the chemical warfare, the, the attack where the, the children were all killed. There's a father that thought he lost his son. He thought he was dead. And um, the video starts with his friends, the father's friends, who have found the son, and they bring him back to his father's home where he is. They open, there's a steel gate on the door. They open the gate, and uh, they first go in and try to bring his father out, and they tell him. And when his father hears the news that his son is alive, he, he almost faints. He almost passes out, but then he starts running, okay? So he can't even like walk right because he just got this news, this adrenaline him, and he's ready to faint. So his friends are like holding him up. Some are trying to hold him back because he's just running. He's running down the house, down the hallway. And he finally gets to his son and he scoops him up. And he embraces him and holds him in his arms and he looks at him and he just starts kissing him over and over again. And the whole time he's saying, praise God, thank you God, praise God, thank you God. And he's kissing his son. And then you see all of the, the family, friends, and relatives. They just they keep just kissing him. They're kissing his son. They're kissing each other. They're so excited. It's amazing. You could see the joy, the, the, the unrelented um, joy of this father reunited with his son. That's what we have in the gospel today. This son who had run off, and the, the, the father knew that he was dead. You know, he, he completely threw his life away. But we hear that not only was he once dead, he's come back again. He's come back to life. You know, so the father runs to him, embraces him, and kisses him. Hopefully, we've all had some experiences like that in our life. Hopefully, we can think of a person that if we were literally to take off and run, they would run after us. You know, can you think of a person in your life that would risk running after you? Hopefully, we've all had that experience. Hopefully, we've had the experience of somebody embracing us, somebody giving us a genuine hug, not just like a guy hug, but a genuine hug where we felt an embrace, we felt welcome, we felt home. 
Hopefully we've had that experience of being kissed, of being delighted in. The moment when the father was kissing his son, it was amazing because he kept, uh, he kept kissing his son, cheek, cheek on cheek and cheek, you know, but then he kept putting his hands on his son's hair and just, you know, petting his hair and combing his hair and delighting in his son. You know, they're both crying. And uh, it was such a, a powerful moment. None of it was in English, but you could, you could still get all the emotion and all the feeling by seeing this father and the son reunited. Well, the idea is that hopefully we've had this experience not only from people here on this earth, but that that has been assigned to us of God's love, that God loves you like that. When you turn to, to the Father, anytime you turn away from sin and turn towards God, He runs to you. You don't have to wait for God. God runs to you. And then He embraces you. You know, he wraps his arms around you. He, he helps you have a, a felt experience of being loved and being accepted and being home. And he kisses you. He just absolutely, sheerly delights in you. Hopefully you've had that experience. If you haven't, allow that to be a meditation. You know, open up the prodigal son today and spend a half an hour, an hour, and just meditate on that. Try to imagine God the Father running to you, embracing you, and kissing you. Because we all need to have this experience of God. We all need to know that we are loved by a God like this, a God that will run to us, embrace us, and kiss us. Hopefully then, we become the Father's love on earth. We become the ones that will run after the lost sheep. You will be the one that will seek out those who are most broken, most poor, most estranged, and you'll run to them, embrace them, and kiss them. See, this is a glimpse of God's love. This is authentic love. This is the love that we're called to share. And when we experience a love like this, we're changed forever. And we who were once dead, we who were once caught up in sin, we who once had no hope, are now alive. Because the Father does run to us. He does embrace us. And he does kiss us.